Thank you. Morning, everybody. Can you all hear me? All right, brilliant. Um, my wife and I would like to say a big thank you to all of you. It's been just wonderful being a part of the work here over the last couple of weeks. Um, like Sun said, my name is Samuel Akresi. I'm part of the City of God Church in Accra, Ghana. And uh, my wife and I, Claire, have been visiting for a couple of weeks. We really would like to say a big thank you for the last prayer meeting. It was just good that we could actually have you guys pray for us. And um, especially for the prophetic words that came through. Several of them came to actually confirm a number of words that had actually been spoken over us, you know, many months earlier on. And so we really would want to say a big thank you to all of you. Thank you for praying for us. And I remember we asked that you pray about a Christmas party that was actually going to be taking place back home in Ghana as well. Well, we had the party. Because we prayed about it, I was keen on wanting to know the results of the, the evangelistic party. And actually, the information I got was that 22 adults gave their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. That was amazing. Yeah. So, thank you very much for praying. God is on the move. Revival is coming. Amen. I just would want us to pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much for your love. Jesus, thank you that you, you gave your very life for us. You gave it all. And um, we thank you that, Father, Lord, your light shone in the darkness. And you brought us from darkness into light. I thank you, Father God, that you have brought us into your family. I thank you that we are members of your household. But, Father Lord, I'm also aware that this morning you would want to bring many others in. And I pray, God, that you come and work in our hearts. And just help me as I, I seek to serve your church. I thank you, Jesus, that you are here and you want to bless our hearts. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm going to be very brief, just share a few thoughts with us um, from, from God's Word. But before then, it's, it's my first time in the winter. And so I have been over on previous occasions, but it was all in the summer. And so whilst I was coming here, my friends back home said, Sam, you should bring us back some snow. <laughs> and so I was looking forward to coming to find snow and then taking some snow back with me. But I was disappointed because I still haven't seen any snow at all. And just a couple of days back, Alex Peepee, who is John Peepee's wife, sent me a message via Facebook saying I should bring the highest quality snow so that the teachers in the school could run some tests. But I had to say to her, I still haven't found anything as yet. So maybe if somebody knows where I can find some snow, please do let me know, and then I can take some back home with me. Please turn with me in your Bibles to, to Luke chapter 10. Just read a couple of verses. Sorry. Luke chapter 10, from verse 25. It says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The experts in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Amen. This is a parable that we all are very much familiar with, but today I just would want us to see things from a slightly different perspective. I'm aware that as we we make a start in this new year, the one thing on many hearts is this. How can I be a better person? How can I... How can I do much more this year? But right from the start, I would want to say to us, it is not about us. It's all about Jesus. It is not about us. And like Son was bringing earlier on, this Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not about us at all. And so as we think that, I think that we should rather be asking ourselves, Jesus, what would you want to do through me? And Jesus would want to respond to that this morning. I am aware that many of us would look at this parable and very often the thing that comes to us is it is very much a story of how we can be good people. It's a story of how we can can serve people. It's a story of how we can reach out to people in need. And I I do agree but I feel that God would want to just help us see from a clearly different point this morning as I share with us. Now, Jesus meets up with this expert in the law and then a conversation ensues. And I wouldn't want to go too much into detail. I would want to pick it up from where Jesus actually tells this man a parable. And he says a man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Let's say this man was called Sam. Is that okay? All right. So his name was Sam. So Sam leaves Jerusalem and he's going to Jericho, Jesus says. On his way, he says that this man was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and then they left him for dead. So this man is lying there by the side of the road and he is dying. That's what the Bible says. It says he was left 
for dead. He was actually dying. If nobody came to his aid, he was going to die. And then Jesus goes on and he says, As the man was lying there, a priest comes by. He sees him and then he goes on to the other side of the road. He doesn't do anything about it. Not long after, a Levite comes along as well. He sees this man lying there, doesn't respond in any way. He also crosses over and walks on the other side of the road. Then Jesus says, as the man lay there, a Samaritan came along. Now, I want us to take note of the relationship that existed between the Jews and the Samaritans. The fact that they didn't see eye to eye. A Samaritan comes along. He sees this man lying there. He doesn't cross over and then leave him. He actually comes to him. It says he took pity on him. And so he sees a man who is suffering. He sees a man who is dying. He sees a man who is lying there and probably going, Oh, somebody help me. Somebody help me. It says he has pity on him. He reaches out to him. He cleans him up. He actually gets a bandage from his things and then he, you know, he just sorts out this man. He doesn't stop there. He puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn. He doesn't stop there. He pays the innkeeper and then he says, listen, take care of this man. I am going on a journey. When I come back, I will reimburse you for anything extra you spent. This Samaritan goes all the way. He doesn't go this much, not that much, not this much. In fact, he goes all the way. And I want to say to us, church, I believe that this picture is a striking image of our world as we see it today. And so our world has actually fallen in the hands of robbers. The human race has fallen in the hands of robbers. It has been beaten. It has been damaged. It has been stripped of everything good that God originally put in there. This is a picture of our world. Just as that man was traveling and then, you know, he was accosted by armed robbers and they beat him and they left him there for dead, it's the same picture of our world today. And so, wherever you go in the world today, sin is very much present. I'm looking for a place where you go and you don't find sin. Everywhere you go in our world, and it's because we have fallen in the hands of robbers. A lot of damage has been done. And Paul would remind us in Romans, he says, he says about the fact that all have sinned and hence fall short of the glory of God. He makes that very, very, very clear. And when Paul says all have sinned, he means all. He doesn't say some people have. In fact, because we have fallen in the hands of robbers, we all inherited sin. So he says all have sinned. He makes that very, very, very clear. So this was for many of us our situation. We lived in sin. This is where the story starts from. And in fact, not just that, but just like this man was left for dead, the whole of creation was also left for dead because one man sinned. 
and hence all of us inherited this one sin. That was very much man's situation. But thank God for Jesus. He is wonderful. He is amazing. If that was the end of the story, there would be no hope. Well, God had a plan. God's gift for us, brothers and sisters, is freedom from sin. Amen. Because we all sin. Not some people, not a few people, we all sinned. But God had a plan. And his gift for us was freedom from sin. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That was God's gift for us, his very own Son. And every time we celebrate Christmas, for me, I'm thinking, God, thank you that many years back you promised us a Savior. When it gets to Christmas, we can say thank you to our Father for sending us a Savior. Because Jesus makes a way for all of us. I want to say to us that this parable is not just a lesson on what to do. Rather, I want to say it is an illustration of what has been done for us. And as we think again about this parable, just picture this man lying there and then the Samaritan coming and reaching out to this man. Yes, I know that for many years we have thought, Lord, what can I do? But maybe this morning God would want you to say, would want to, say to us, slow down a bit. Let me open your eyes to see what has been done for you instead. And once we grasp that, we can begin to reach out to others in need as well. So there's a need to understand what has been done for us. And then we can, in turn, reach out to others. So once God opens our eyes, we stop asking which character we ought to be. I know that very often we all say, I think I'm the Samaritan. I think I'm the good Samaritan. But we stop asking which character we ought to be, and Jesus shows us which character we truly are. And God's answer is a humbling one. Brothers and sisters, I want to say to us, we are not the priest. I want to say to us, we are not the Levite. I want to say to us, we are not the Samaritan. Brothers and sisters, we are the victim. At one point in time, we were dead in our transgressions. At one point in time, we were in a helpless state. At one point in time, we were there dying and we couldn't do anything to save ourselves. There was nothing we could do to help ourselves. We found ourselves in a similar situation, just as this man lay there dying. We couldn't do anything about the situation. 
But somebody came along. Jesus Christ. He reached out to us in our sin, in our shame, in our darkness. He gave us life. Hallelujah. This is clearly an illustration of what Christ accomplished on the cross for us. And I believe that everyone who has come into faith in Christ Jesus has first known helplessness. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was 17 in secondary school. And at the time, we didn't really care. We just lived our lives anyhow. And I wasn't that much of a troublemaker, but clearly I was some sort of troublemaker. And um, it was also evident that I just didn't have the peace of God. And so I remember clearly one Sunday evening, we, we were in the boarding house, and so Sunday evenings you had people coming in and then preaching the gospel. And um, this faithful Sunday evening, this gentleman came and then he preached the gospel, and he invited those who wanted to, to respond to the gospel and give their lives to the Lord Jesus. And I, I found myself standing there in front and asking Jesus into my life. And a couple of days back, I remember some of my juniors saying to themselves, do you know that guy has actually received Jesus as Lord and Savior? And clearly, they could begin to see change in my life. And I thank God every day for that day because he reached out and he saved me. Honestly, had it not been for the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I don't know where I would have been. And I'm sure many of you have similar stories. Brothers and sisters, in our helplessness, a helper reached out to us. There was nothing we could do. Remember that man, he was left to die. And we were, were dead in our transgressions. We were separated from God. But he says, I know what to do. I will send them a savior. And he along comes a savior who takes away our sins and gives us his very life. Hallelujah. He says, I've got life for you. I've got eternal life for you. And so the apostle John writes, and he says, I write to you so that you would know that you have eternal life. Hallelujah. That's what he says. I want you to know this is what Christ has done for us. So one time we were dead in our transgressions, but life has come. True life from Christ has come. We were helpless, but grace appeared. Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians 6, the fact that we were washed, we have been sanctified, and we have been justified or declared not guilty in the sight of God. So church, we don't become merciful by thinking about others in need, but rather we become merciful by receiving mercy ourselves. If you have received mercy from Christ, you can begin to reach out to others and show them mercy. But until then, we cannot do anything in our own strength. And this morning, Jesus would say to us, he loves us. Jesus would say to us, he gave his life for us. Jesus would say to us, 
I am like that Samaritan who comes along and actually stops and reaches out and washes your sins away and gives you a brand new start. This morning, Jesus would say, hey, you are like that victim. But in your helplessness, I reached out to you and I give you life. Life that has no end. I give you life. Life eternal. I give you life. My very own life. Brothers and sisters, this is the grace of God. Remember, at one point in time, you lay there dying. In your helplessness, Jesus, the Savior, reached out to you and he saved you. And for many of us, he has transformed our lives. But as we make a start this year, that is the one thing Jesus would want to bring to us. I give you my free gift of salvation. It's a free gift. We cannot, we cannot earn it. And for me, I feel it's the best place to start. Ongoing relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The best place to start. My lead elder, John Quipi, always says to us, he says, the year itself has nothing to offer us. So 2012 itself, as a year, has nothing to offer us. But I believe that Jesus has a lot to give to us. Jesus has so much for us. And so it starts with him. And he would remind us, he's the beginning and the end. And this morning is wanting to reach out to us. Amen. Shall I pray for us? Jesus, I, I just thank you that you are so full of mercy. And I thank you that this morning you are, you are here and like the Samaritan, you want to reach out to many in their helplessness. Jesus, you know the hearts of all who are here. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that this grace Actually, Father Lord, changes us. This grace calls a people who were once enemies friends. This grace indeed seats us with you in the heavenly realms. This grace brings us home to you. This grace changes every unfavorable record. This grace calls us friend. And I thank you, Jesus, that you would want to reach out to the many here this morning. And I just pray, Lord, that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, would you come and just rest on us? Would you come, Lord? We, we love your presence. We love you, Jesus. And we want to start on a good note, on the right foundation, on a solid foundation, Jesus, we want to start with you. You were reminding us earlier on, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we look to you again, Lord Jesus. Would you come? Come, Holy Spirit, and flood our hearts. Jesus, 
would you reach out to the many who are helpless? Would you reach out to the many who, Father Lord, are looking for answers? Would you reach out to the many who, Father, don't know where to turn? Jesus, would you come as we look to you? Would you come as we cry out to you? Would you come, Lord? Even now, Lord, would you come? Would you come? Would you come, Holy Spirit? Thank you.